it like hit me like something is wrong like that's not normal <laughs> you know um and i was like why am i like this and i could not get through my head that i just needed to fucking eat because obviously i was fucking starving What up, party people? We are back, and we got a very special episode because it's so special. It's going to show just how stupid I really am because I know nothing about what's coming on because our very young co-host, Jess, she's going to be bringing up a topic that's very near and dear to her heart, which means it's very near and dear to me. So, Jess, I mean, the floor is yours. What do you want to talk about, and what's, and what's, what's, what's a hot topic that you want to bring to everybody's attention? Well, today I'm going to kind of bring us uh, back into a more serious vibe on the uh, show. <laughs> um, so Rusty and I were talking a couple days ago and I was like, hey man, I just really want to do an episode on eating disorders in the military um, and kind of talk about BMI and things like that. And the reason why I want to talk about this stuff is because A, a lot of people are dealing with it in the military and we don't get to talk about it. And B, I have personally experienced it myself, um, and it is a subject that you don't really talk about with a whole lot of folks, but I feel like if you share your story and you tell people that, hey, I understand what you're going through, the more people feel a little bit more comfortable dealing with what they're dealing with, um, just like mental health, right? It kind of leads into all that. Um, so I was kind of going through and, and doing some research and things like that and looked at you know, some articles online and kind of getting some information together for this episode. And um, just to kind of start out, so kind of hitting on the eating disorders subject, right? Um, I found an article on help.mil and it talks about um, eating disorders, you know, how they're characterized and um, kind of how they, how they find their place in the active duty military. Um so just to kind of kick it off, eating disorders are characterized by persistence disturbance of eating behaviors resulting in significant physiological impairment. Dysfunctional eating attitudes, thoughts, and emotions are crucial to the origin and continuance of these disorders. So just kind of a scientific, you know, definition going on there. Uh, but what I found interesting was from year 2017 to 2021, a total of 2,454 active component U.S. military service members received incident diagnosis for one of the following eating disorders, anorexia nervosa, bulimia nervosa, binge eating disorder, or other or unspecified eating disorder. You said that the was incident across rate all of the branches? Eating, across all the branches, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So the incident rate of any eating disorder was 3.6 cases per 10,000 person, uh, persons, I should say. The case defining diagnosis of the OUED BN bed accounted for nearly 89% of total incident cases, which is huge, right? When you're looking at 10,000 people or, you know, 3.6 cases or whatever. So like you're looking at these numbers and you're thinking, well, that's not that many people, but that's how many have been reported. So the thing about, you know, because they kind of talk about the PHA in this, right? And how you, um, you'll do your PHA and you'll say, hey, I'm having issues with sleep. 
or, hey, I'm having issues with potential PTSD or something. You'll kind of talk about like what you're going through. Um, yeah, you, wouldn't, most you people, wouldn't necessarily think about an eating disorder. Exactly. Yeah, you wouldn't it, you wouldn't think about it, right? Because we're worried about getting through our PHA because we have to do it every year. And we're just like, okay, let me click through these questions. Yeah, no, I don't drink more than three alcoholic drinks in one <laughs> sitting and all that kind of stuff, right? So yeah. we've all kind of gone through the motions with this stuff, but we don't think about the other psychological impacts that, you know, we could be having that's not getting addressed. Mm -hmm. um, and something that I noticed when I was reading through that article was that, you know, if you have an eating disorder that was previously diagnosed, like it basically bars you from military service. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. Right. Um, because think about, think about our lives in the military and think about like, like how we were talking about basic training, you know, in the last episode, right. You know, we joke yeah. about how, you know, you have to go into the DFAC or the chow hall or whatever you call it. And you have to eat super fucking fast. Right. Like I remember yeah. being in basic training and like, I was, I, I was not a tiny person. Um, but I would try to eat so fast because you didn't have time and you'd walk God out of there help and you you got hungry. Table fucked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. God help you. Oh. you. You had maybe it, what felt like 30 seconds. It probably wasn't 30 seconds, but it felt like that. Right. Yeah. So you get into these habits of eating very quickly, eating on the go. Um, another thing that, you know, a lot of us are very guilty of is, you know, coffee or an energy drink for breakfast and that's it. Right. Like you're not having anything you else do that. or, you know, yeah, you can't do that. Right. Cause it, it's just, it's not good for you. Um, and you know, and I survived like that for a while too, you know, kind of going back to before I joined, um, like I was, I was a heavy gal when I was in high school, right? Like I was pushing like 180 pounds when I was 15 and I knew that I was going to join the military and I knew I needed to lose weight. I so can't see that. Back then, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I have pictures. I'll have to find them and show them to you, Rusty. Mm -hmm. um, so back then, Weight Watchers was the thing, right? And my family was, <laughs> and my family, like, I love my family. I love my family. They have been the greatest support system that I could ever have. Okay. So this is not a test to my family, but my family was like, let's go to Weight Watchers. And I was like, okay. <laughs> So we laugh about it, but this is where my story oh. began. So yeah. at 15 years old, I was counting my points and tracking what I ate, which I, listen, growing up. Okay. So I lost my grandmother when I was 14 years old. It was me and my granddad, but my parents, mm -hmm. right? My adopted parents. So mom and dad. Yeah. So we were living off of fast food because my dad cooked a lot whenever my mom was sick. But once we didn't have my mom around anymore, he didn't really want to cook. And that's understandable. I get it. You know, he sacrificed yeah. a lot for my mom. Um, but we had a lot of fast food. And when you're 15, wait, if you're not super active, which I really wasn't, um, except for junior ROTC, the weight's going to pack on, right? So the weight started packing on, packing on. And then I started talking about joining the Air Force and blah, blah, blah. All right. So get a membership to the YMCA, start working out and I go to Weight Watchers. So the typical American dream, right? Um, so I ended up losing about 25 that you pounds. Gotta, the um, fact that you go into YMCA on Weight Watchers as a white woman <laughs> is, is, the, is the epitome <laughs> of white trash. 
<laughs> Hashtag growing up Floridian, right? <laughs> growing up in the South, that's not really considered uh, the South. So gosh. yeah, so that was my life, right? <laughs> so I lost about 25 pounds. Uh, I went to the recruiter and I, yeah, I weighed like 155. My recruiter's like, hey, look, max weight's 150 for your house. Cause I'm, I'm 5'4 on a good day. So yeah. he was like, Hey, you got to lose like five more pounds if you want to make it to maps. I was like, all right, but so I started running more and I ended up dropping the weight and I made weight. So I went to MEPS and I was 150. I shipped out for basic training at 150. And that was just me. I am short, stocky build. I'm built exactly like my mother. My mother got the height. I didn't. So it's just how I am. Um, I think in Air Force basic, I only lost like three pounds and my TI was like, what? I was like, yeah, I don't know. I only lost three pounds. You know, it is what it is, right? See, um, see with me, and then I got the opposite. Complete opposite. I went to really? I went to basic at one thirty three. I was tiny. Oh no way! Skinny. Oh yeah, because you sent me that fuck. picture. Yeah, I was skinny. Yeah, you were as tiny, fuck. tiny. And I came out at one fifty five, and I haven't gone below ever since. There you go, man. That's that's yeah. the way to do it. I um I wish I could have come into basic training at one thirty three. It wasn't in the guards for me. Ronnie, little fuck, man. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I, I was not, I was, um, always on the thicker side. So, which, I mean, I guess that's, that's a new hip thing now. Like back in the early two thousands, everyone wanted to be skinny, right? Cause you want to wear the low cut jeans and wear Hollister. Yeah. Thick thighs. Yep. Yep. I definitely have those now, so I'm good. Um, but yeah, so I had to lose weight. Right. And then I got into tech school and I started eating whatever the fuck I wanted again because I didn't know what I was doing. Like, I didn't have healthy eating habits. I didn't, I didn't know what the, a colorful plate was supposed to be. They don't teach you that shit, right? You just eat what the fuck is put in front of you, and then you move on with your day. So ended up ballooning a little bit, got to my first base, and I was like, all right, cool. Um, I got to take my first PT test, which I did fine. I didn't fail. Um, I scored like an 88 or something. But for me, I was like, um, I'm not okay with that. I want to be a 90 or above because I got above a 90 when I was in basic training. Yeah. And that is the only PT test in the 17 years that I've been in the military to include the army that I've ever gotten below an excellent on my PT, just because yeah. I've, I've tried to maintain that standard, right? Because I have to set that example. Um, yeah. so I, I kind of like when I, when I got to Milton hall, um, I had started working out a lot more heavily and stuff. And I kind of like naturally lost the weight from just working out more. Um, and yeah. I wasn't drinking a whole lot. Like I, like I had been. Um, and then I remember one day, like I was like, oh, I'm going to go talk to the nutritionist. Right. And, uh, so I go to the nutritionist over at the gym and he's like, um, you should eat 1800 calories a day. And, you know, and I didn't really know any better. I was like, all right, cool. That's what I'm going to do. So I would go to the DFAC and I would look at all the options the and I would try to stay within that range. Yeah. He's the professional. Um, not taking into account that I was lifting for an hour, six days a week. I was, you know, doing 30 minutes to an hour of cardio on top of that. And I was working out a lot, but I was losing the weight and I was happy. So I was like, all right, cool. Um, so I got to San Antonio and I kind of got back up to about 145, 150. And I was like, eh, okay. And then I deployed. So a lot of times when people deploy, especially as folks in the air force, um, everybody kind of assumes that you're going to lose weight, right? So my goal was to lose weight while I was on my deployment. Workout. Exactly. You have nothing else to do except sleep, eat, go to work, work out. So that's what I did. Um, so when I was in CST, 
I was like, oh, I'm going to eat a certain way and I'm going to try to hit like 1500 calories a day. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I was like 148, I think 147, 148 when I went, um, to CST. Well, by the time I left CST, I think I was at like 140. So I'd lost about eight pounds in about nine weeks, which is, I mean, I guess healthy. I don't know. Um, but I was like, okay, cool. Like this is working for me. This is working. And then when I got to Afghanistan, I was doing the same thing. So like, you know, I would kind of eat a little breakfast, eat some lunch, try to eat healthy or whatever, eat a lot of protein stuff like that. Um, and then like my dinners would be super fucking light because I would work out in the evening. So I would either have a salad or I'd have like a couple of packets of tuna for dinner. And then I'd go and I'd run for like an hour or I'd run for like 30 minutes and then do another 30 minutes cardio. And then I'd lift in the mornings. So I had the workouts down, but I was not putting on any muscle mass. I was just losing weight. Right. Um, and I got fucking skinny, like really fucking skinny. Like I came back from my deployment and people were like, what happened to you? You disappeared. And I was all proud of myself because it's like, Oh, I'm finally fucking skinny. Like, this is great. Well, then it became a problem because when you come home from a deployment, um, you know, you're back into like your normal every day. You got to go grocery shopping. You got to do this. You got to do that. Well, that's when like my disordered eating habits started was I was so scared to gain the weight back that I was basically starving myself. Um, and I would do this like six days a week. And then one day a week, it would be like my cheat day. Right. And I would eat fucking everything because I was starving. Um, and I didn't realize it at the time that I was, you know, destroying myself doing this. Like so, the cheat, but you I would do a that. cheat day, not just a meal. Yeah. I would do like a whole fucking cheat day, dude. And I would eat myself sick and I was like, yeah. why the fuck am I like this? You know? Um, and I didn't understand it at the time because I, I didn't understand how nutrition really worked. I was just going off of fucking articles on bodybuilding.com, which we both know that that's just gross science. So yeah, bro science. I was following bro science. Um, I mean, I looked great, but I felt like shit, but I was yeah. just like, oh, I look great. So, you know, cause my whole thing, um, and, and this was, you know, just being younger me, right? Like in my early twenties, I was just like, oh, if I'm skinny or if I have abs, people are going to love me. People are going to think I'm great. You know, like I didn't think about the fact that, oh, I have a great personality. I'm a great friend. I'm just a decent human being. Like people will love me for that. They're not going to look at nobody me. Nobody gives a shit about know, that. Oh, she can fit. In. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like nobody's going to care that I fit in a size four jeans. I don't even have an ass because I lost it because all I'm doing is fucking cardio and like barely lifting any weight. Right. Cause I, cause I can't, I had no energy. Um, but you know, I could fucking smoke a PT test and I was happy. So that's what I, um, you're a good leader then. Cause you can run. Because <laughs> I can fucking run. Exactly. I can fucking run. Um, so I, I, when I left Lackland and I got to Holloman, um, it really became a problem because, you know, my routine had been thrown off from PCSing and things like that. Um, yeah. And I was very depressed when I was at Holloman, which, you know, we kind of talked about in episode three. Um, so I got tasked for my next deployment. And that was when I hit like rock bottom with like this eating disorder stuff. And mind you, like I had never been diagnosed by a doctor or anything. I'd never gone to my PCM about it. I was just dealing with it on my own. Um, and I still haven't to this day. I, I have learned, you know, the coping mechanisms and what I need to do and how to take care of myself. But yeah. I was at like an all time low and I was like, oh, I'm deploying again. I can go back on this weight loss plan and I could lose a bunch of fucking weight. And I was at like, 
I think I was at like 140 and I was like, I'm going to get down to 125, you know, not thinking about the fact that me getting down to 125 means I have to drop all my muscle mass and everything else. I was trying to lift and do cardio and barely fucking eat to try to get to that weight. So, um, (laughs) this is a super, super low point during that deployment. I was like halfway through the deployment and I've never told anyone this. So, um, I'm, I'm saying it now because I am very much well removed from it. Um, but I, there was a night that I was on shift and I, I think I was the only one that was on shift cause I was on night shift and I was sitting in the office. Um, you know, those, those fucking conics offices that we had. And I was like, hmm, I'm kind of hungry. I'm going to have snack. So I had a little tub of peanut butter and I was like, Oh, I'm going to just, you know, have a couple bites of peanut butter and that'll hold me over until I go get dinner. An hour later, I had eaten the entire jar of peanut butter. The entire fucking jar. And I was like, what the fuck? And it was, it like hit me like something is wrong. Like that's not normal, (laughs) you know? Um, And I was like, why am I like this? And I could not get through my head that I just needed to fucking eat because obviously I was fucking starving, you know? Um, so it it was a very, very low point for me. Um, and it, I, I stayed pretty low on that deployment. I mean, my friends helped a lot, um, you know, with everything else that was going on in my life, but yeah, like I would, I would do like these fucking cheat days and I would just eat as much as I fucking could. And then I, the next day I wouldn't want to fucking eat anything because I had eaten myself basically sick. Right. Um, no. thankfully I never got to the point where, you know, I, I was having like the, um, the bulimia and things like that, but I had thought about it. There were plenty yeah. of times. Um, and you know what, and, and what I learned about bulimia, and this is the part where, um, I can relate to that diagnosis is, um, people use like laxatives and colon cleanses and stuff like that to, um, try to rid their body instead of throwing up because nobody likes to throw up. It's not fun. Oh. Um, oh. I was doing that instead. And I did not realize oh. that that was bulimia in itself because you're binging and you're purging. Right. Wow. I, so I didn't know that I, I was doing about that. that either. Yeah. No. Yeah. I just recently learned that and, and, you know, obviously now far removed, but I was like, Oh shit. Like I was no. like, I was doing that, you know? Um, so I, I dealt with a lot of that when I was at Bagram and then I came back and, you know, obviously I got hospitalized for other things and, kind of got better and, um, kind of stumbled across, um, a gal, her name is Nia Shanks. And she, um, she had a website for folks who were like recovering from eating disorders and stuff. And I followed a lot of her content and it was very helpful, um, to kind of get me back on the right track. And, uh, and, you know, since then, like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll have my tendencies to overeat or whatever, but I'm, I'm very conscious when I know that I'm not eating enough. I'm like, okay, if I come home and I like, eat a bunch when I get home, like for dinner or something, if I'm like really snackish or something, I'm like, okay, hold on. I'm not eating enough during the day. I need to eat more. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. so I'm a lot more mindful of it now. And like just recently, um, you know, I, I kind of went back, not to the extreme that I was, um, but I noticed that I was very, very focused on how my body looked. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm running like 75, 80 miles a day and or not a day. I'm sorry, a week. <laughs> um, you know, I'm running like I'm running like 10 to 12 miles a day. Right. And say, I'm like, oh, when do you go to work? Great. You know, damn. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Golly. Uh, <laughs> it feels like it some days. But uh, 
you know, and, and people are like, man, how do you do that? You're fucking crazy for running that much. I'm like, no, it helps my mental health, which it does. It does help my mental health. Um, I love running. That's my thing. Um, and I love lifting and stuff like that too. I just, (laughs) you know, I just, I keep it light now. I focus on kettlebell work instead of the barbells just because I've hurt myself too many times. Um, but I was being very conscious about my weight and, you know, how I looked and I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to lose my abs if I eat too much or blah, blah, blah. And then finally one day I was like, you know what? I'm fucking sick of this. Like I'm, I'm fit. I'm healthy. My resting heart rate is in the mid forties. I can fucking outrun half of these young kids that just got out of tech school and I feel good. So why am I worried about having a fucking six pack, you know? And a lot of times nowadays, personally, when it comes to like cut, cut abs, if you're not like, like an mm -hmm. athletic type of like bodybuilder or someone who competes in like shows or, or, or that's just your, that's just you. Like that's your goal to be just like fucking 0% body fat type of person. I don't see a point in like obsessing over it. You know what I mean? Because to me, there's yeah. nothing wrong with just having that, just that nice, like general outline of the area, not having like, you know, the striations and stuff like that. That shit doesn't matter. Um, you know, because when you can see that you, you you have like, you know, just a nice shape of the abdomen, and, you know, and you can tell that you take care of yourself, that you you don't overeat and you're not just a lazy shit. I mean, you, you still can see that you're, you're a fit person. So I... I, I stopped caring about, you know, trying to get like a long time ago. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. Cause like I noticed, um, you know, cause like a lot of runners and stuff like runners are really, really lean. Right. And I'm like, Oh, I gotta have that runner look. Cause I remember when I was, I, I was in like fucking seventh or eighth grade or something. And I, you know, I wouldn't run for very long. Cause I, I was not in very good shape back then. Um, but when I would run, I would enjoy it. And I told somebody one day, I was like, yeah, I'm a runner. And they're like, you don't look like a runner. I'm like, why? Cause I'm thicker. Like there's nothing wrong with being thicker than a snicker and fucking being a runner. Like if you run, you're a runner. This, that's life. Right. Um, but you know, it's shit that we worry about when so, we're younger. So, so just because you, you ran for 10 seconds, that means you're, that means you're a runner. <laughs> yeah. You ran, you're a runner. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell anybody that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I was just, I was so, you know, concerned about that shit. And I was so worried about like that vein stuff. Right. And, you know, now that I've gotten older, I'm just like, you know, I, it is what it is. You yeah. know, people, people are people and, and you can be healthy. And, and I do very much support that health at every size, um, and, you know, kind of bring it back to, to the military perspective. Um, you know, we, we have to have an image, especially in our uniforms and we don't want to look trashy in our uniforms. We don't want to be busting out of our uniforms. Um, and especially for women, you know, we struggle a lot and I know there's a lot of women who have children who struggle to lose the weight afterward. And, you know, and, and I, I have a lot of sympathy for them because I've never had children myself, so I cannot relate. Um, but I know it's a huge, huge toll on the body. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and I respect that. I respect a woman who can go through that and, you know, can bounce through that and, and accept their body. But it's very difficult because not only is it difficult being in the military, but it's difficult just living in this world today because people are so focused on like, Oh, these fit spos and fit influencers and stuff. And I just want to tell people like those fucking Instagram and TikTok posts, they're fucking staged. That's the, 
that's to me what's causing a lot of the the biggest mental health issues is social media. Just the unrealistic lifestyle mm-hmm. that everybody's trying to achieve nowadays. Yeah, and like all these fucking fad diets, like keto diets. Like I'm so fucking sick of hearing about keto because the thing about keto Um, and I'm not quoting some scientific source right now. This is just like what I've seen and what I've read from nutritionists that I follow Mm -hmm. licensed nutritionists. Keto was meant for like fucking patients with epilepsy. It wasn't meant for a long-term sustainable diet. Like you're not supposed to be low carb, especially women. Like our bodies are fueled by carbohydrates, you know? And of course you're fucking pissed off because you're not eating carbs. I was pissed off not eating carbs because I tried the keto diet for a week and I was like, I feel like a goddamn beached whale right now because for one, you can't fucking poop because you don't have any fiber in your diet. And two, like, it's not fun. Like, yeah. Okay. Eating like fucking butter in your coffee and fucking eating a lot of meats and shit. Like, cool. That's cool for like a day, but for a long-term sustainable diet, like I can't do it. It's not for me. The only like quote unquote, I guess, kind of fad diet that I've ever embraced and I've I've tried um, that I don't that to me is not less necessarily like one of those, oh, that's just one of the things that come and pass because it does like hold some like true science behind it is paleo. That's the only thing that I've really ever kind of saw it as, yeah, that I can see that being some pretty decent long-term stuff yeah. because you're still eating like all the basic food groups. You're just cutting out like those really bad process type stuff, you know, because it's like you know, you're trying to stay away from those types of things that have a lot of high sugars and, and everything, you know? But, um, yeah, but as far as, you know, keto and everything and all those other types of things, it's like, you know, if you like that, cool, fine. But eventually your body, your, the body is the one of probably the most fantastic machines that has ever been created in history and it will adapt and it will change and eventually you will hit what is called that evil fucking plateau and you're not going to understand why you can't get past it. And that's because your body is adapted to what you've been doing to it. And so you have to change it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, um, yeah, there's a, there's a nutritionist that I follow on Instagram, um, licensed nutritionist. And she kind of talks about that. Like, you know, you're, you can go through all these diets and stuff and you can lose a bunch of weight and everything. And I'm not trying to discourage people from getting healthy. Like do, do what works for you to get you healthy. That's sustainable for the long term, not just while you're in the military, but when you get out of the military too. Um, but something she kind of talks about is, you know, your body has a set weight point. And, you know, that plateau, it, that's what that plateau is. So you're going to lose so much weight and your body's going to be like, whoa, we're in survival mode now. You know, that, um, that starvation mode that they talk about, right. You know, when you're cycling on those diets and shit like that. And, you know, and, and I hit mine, you know, um, and I can tell now because I, I've started listening to my body more, you know, over the last 10, 12 years, um, after doing all the dieting and shit like that, like I can tell okay, I'm not eating enough because I'm a lot fucking hungrier today than I was yesterday, or I'm just a lot fucking hungrier right now. You know, when I'm pushing those 70, 80 miles per, 80 miles per week while I'm running, um, I'm fucking hungry because I have to repair. (laughs) (laughs) I know I keep flubbing this up. Um, but yeah, like when, when you're doing like that high intensity stuff, you know, you, you have to fuel your body and even, you know, 
special operators talk about that too. Like you have to fuel your body because they're doing a lot of crazy shit. Like if you're doing CrossFit, you need to fuel your body. If you're doing intense workouts, you need to fuel your body. Um, and that's where, you know, I, I look at some of these folks who are going through these eating disorders in the military, um, especially women. Cause that's something that that article cited was it's, it's mostly women. And, and actually what it did cite was that a lot of it's female Marines. And I mean, it kind of makes sense because, you know, their, their PT the tests are a lot more strenuous. Than the standard. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's very strenuous. Um, so I can see that I can understand. Um, and that stuff takes a toll, you know? Yeah. And you kind of look at, um, you know, there's, there's some folks who will, you know, get in the army and, you know, they'll be in like those airborne units and they're fucking running all the time, just running, running, running. Right. And they stay really fucking lean because they're just running all the time. And then they get yeah. out of the military and they're like, I don't want to run another fucking mile for the rest of my life. And their weight goes up. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. Like, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but it's because their body has like been through so much shit that they're just like, holy fuck. Like I actually need to eat something now, you know, I can't survive off these energy drinks and fucking nicotine and, and, you know, hate <laughs> you yeah, have to baby. survive off some actual fuel, you know? Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's very prominent and I think it's a lot more prominent than it's studied just because of the stigma around it. Um, and I want people to take this as, Hey, it's normal. Like, it's okay that you're dealing with this because I have dealt with this and I understand what you're going through. And like I said, I've, I've had to deal with it since I was a teenager. Um, and it's, it's hard when you're in one of those bodies that just wants to be a little bit bigger, you know? Um, some of us, I mean, we're all built different. Every single body on this planet is built different. I don't look like anyone else on this planet. Just like you, Rusty, you don't look like anyone else. You are you, your body is yours. It was put together the way that it was because that's the way that it is. Um, and you just have to find those ways to work with your body. Yeah. So um, speaking of that, that's where I kind of want to hit on BMI. Um, so something that I saw and so uh, Rusty, you, do you know about the uh, body composition assessment for the Air Force? The new one? Yeah. No, I I didn't learn anything about the new one before I got out. Okay, so um, this year is the trial run for it, and uh, I've actually done mine. So what the Air Force has done, remember how we used to have the tapes? We used to get our yep. um, stomachs taped or whatever whenever we mm -hmm. would do our PT test. And you know how a lot of people would, like, starve themselves and, you know, use a bunch of laxatives and stuff to try to get ready for their or PT test to, wrap to make tape? themselves with saran wrap, yeah. Mm -hmm. The night before to try to sweat out the water weight or whatever. Yep. So they got rid of it during the PT test. And now it's just an annual body composition during your birth month. Um, so I did mine in June, which happened to coincide with my PT test, which wasn't an issue for me because um, I'd been running a lot anyway. So I was I was a little bit leaner at the time hmm. um, and I passed mine. But so they're doing the waist to height ratio. So they're taking your height and then they're taking the circumference of your waist and they're giving you like a number. It spits out a number to say whether you're low risk, medium risk or high risk. Right. And so for this first year, it's a trial and the Air Force is like, hey, let's just see where you're at. And, you know, no harm, no foul. If you, you know, score on the higher end or you score on the lower end. Well, next year when it becomes official, then if you're on the higher end, you have to go into, you know, like 
the Be Well program that we used to call it. I, I think Weight it's Watchers. um Weight Watchers, right? <laughs> um, but but you have to get into like a, a fitness and nutrition um regime and all that kind of stuff. And to is me, this, I'm like, okay, is this going to be something that's subsidized by like the medical group, like with the fit with the nutritionist and stuff? It, I believe so. Um, or it could be through the fact I know for AFSOC, we have actual nutritionists that are assigned to Canon, um, that have the whole program. It's like the iron team. So you go mm -hmm. see them and then they put you through like, you know, the be well program and all that kind of stuff. So I, I'm not sure how it is, um, in units outside of AFSOC. I'd have to look into that. I mean, because the, like, the if, thing if that try to make this like a, something, if they're going to try to make something like that, you know, because of course, when I was, you know, um, in my units, um, people didn't like me very much because, you know, I was always the UFPM and I instituted a very, very hardcore uh, fit program because hey, you, you failed. I'm going to make sure you fucking pass. Um, I got the commander and the chief always to sign off on, Hey, we're going to do mock test, uh, 60 days out. Uh, cause doing mock test 30 days out doesn't really give you time to get prepared to take it out, take your test, uh, at the official time. So it's like, all right, 60 days yeah. out. If you fail, I got two months to get your ass back in shape. And I developed a 60 day program, uh, you know, cause you go to FIP every, you know, all, all five days of the week. Right. We uh, put together mm -hmm. a pretty standard uh, training program that kind of mimics um, BMT, of course, minus Saturday, you know, so Monday and Wednesday and Friday are, are cardio days, uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays are um, high intensity training. So um, mostly body weight, you know, calisthenics for some uh, for some strength training, um, whatnot. So weather is good. We'll be outside. Um, we might throw in the. Uh, some of the stairs and, you know, they have some tires out there too. We'll throw that in and whatnot, but it's, it's mostly just doing, you know, push up, sit up squats and stuff like that. Um, never, we never really worked much with um, weights or stuff like that because just the wide variety of people, I didn't want to have to deal with having too many people and not enough scalable weights, you know? So, but if this is the way it's trying to go, which I think is a great idea, they have to be prepared to have a lot of support because this is going to be a hefty program because there's going to be a lot yeah. of people attending. I mean, it, if that's, if they're yeah. on a waist to height ratio, I don't think they're really understanding what that means. That's, that's not a, that's not a hard thing to be at high risk for. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you're someone who lifts weights, works their core, you know, like yeah. look at some of these dudes who are, are like fucking bodybuilders, right? If you look at them and it's like, man, that dude looks like he's super fucking healthy. But then exactly. you go and weigh in or whatever, you get your fucking waist measured and it tells you that you're fucking high risk. Like, are you sure? But but the thing is, though, like, this is still leading to the same exact problem with the tape, with the waist yes. Because uh, mm -hmm. like one of my supervisors. One of my old supervisors, fucking super fit, strong, fast, like fast, fast runner. All the stuff. He was, he was the one. Me and him did uh, on. So you know the POW MIA week, week right? You have the yeah. twenty four hour mm -hmm. visual run. Well, me and him went out out there. We rucked on the track for eight hours straight. Did about twenty five miles. 
Um, Damn. He was always right at the cusp of his, me- his waist measurement just because and he's a shorter dude. But, you know, some people that that's just kind of how they're built. Just no matter mm-hmm. what, that's how, that's how they are. So waist yep. to height measurement, you're still getting into that dangerous realm of some people are just unhealthy because they don't take care of themselves. They eat like shit. They don't work out and they're fucking fat. That's just how it is. There you go. There's your high risk. Then you have people like him who are very fit, very healthy. They just have a wide waist because you, and you can feel, you can feel from more their skin to muscle to his hip. It's like that. You can tell that he's not overweight. He's not packed on with fat. That's muscle. And you can feel from the edge to his hip bone. So he's not overweight. It's not high risk. You're still dealing in a dangerous territory. That's you're not. You should not be dealing with something like that. You should be. What they honestly, honestly should be dealing with is the ratio of bone to muscle and fat mass. Yes, hundred percent. That's exactly what I was about to lead into. Um, so that study that was talking about, you know, the the waist to height or whatever, it was basically said the only true way to measure, you know, health based on fat mass and weight is to do a body fat test. So like for me, so in AFSOC, we do actually have to um, go and do the M body, right? Like every year, um, we mm-hmm. actually just did it back in July. So um, it's, it's not a DEXA scan. DEXA scan is like the ultimate, right? That's like the cream of the crop. If oh, every Air Force awesome Base had a DEXA scan, then you could <laughs> actually, it would be fucking awesome. Yeah. And you yes. could actually tell like where someone's fat is at, right? Um, because like that percentage pinpoint, is like, that different. is your problem area. <laughs> yeah right right because bmi bmi is fucking bullshit like bmi was made up by some fucking uh, dude in like the 1800s uh, bmi is the worst fucking... thing never never ever ever yeah. ever trust bmi it's the dumbest scale that's ever been no made. yeah and it wasn't even created by a fucking scientist it was created by some fucking accountant to fucking figure out some numbers for some stupid shit. I don't know. I'd have to look it up again. Um, <laughs> well said. But well said. The, the, yeah. But I mean, the, the fact of the matter is when I saw it, I was just like, it wasn't even created by a scientist and it's been bullshit. Right. Cause like yeah. you look at my BMI, my BMI is like 25, 26 people are like, Oh my God, you're overweight. And I'm like, okay, sure. Yeah. Sure. I had but, a, I had a guy in my basic training. He got sent back to lose weight because he was technically overweight. But then you saw his pictures the dude was a yoked fucking just ripped dude, but he was overweight for his height. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And like for me, um, like when we did have to deal with BMI and stuff, um, when it was still counted as part of the PT test, you know, early when I came in, like I can put on muscle mass easily. I am very fortunate in that regard. I'm, I'm not going to be walking around here fucking ripped like Dana Lynn Bailey, but I can put on muscle mass. So I'm going to be heavier. That's just how my body is. Um, but Mm -hmm. my BMI was always like high and they were like, Oh, you know, you're at risk. And I'm like, I'm really not like, I'm pretty sure I just fucking almost maxed my fucking mile and a half run. Yeah. You sound fucking dumb. Right. Which we only have to take a PT test because of fucking TRICARE requirements has nothing to do with fucking fitness. Cause if you (laughs) need me to fucking pick somebody up and I'm 130 pounds, I can't do it. And case in point, when I was in army basic training, I was trying to do a fucking um, buddy carry and I could not pick up a 125 pound dude because I was so fucking skinny from running all the fucking time and getting smoked all the time and losing all my muscle mass that I didn't have the strength. 
So I'm like, the fuck do you want from me? Right. But anyway, so BMI is complete bullshit. Um, If anything, the military needs to actually invest in checking body fat, not fucking calipers because calipers are not good either. You need to either do like a full on fucking DEXA scan or put the fucking uh, end bodies everywhere because it gives you at least a general roundabout number. Yeah, de- that's what it yeah, did Dex- for me. They're not going to do DEXA scans. Obviously, that's way, way, way too expensive of investment. Um, yeah, there's 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 plenty of different uh, routes to go that can give send that electrical charge through you. Think very mild guys. They don't electrocute the shit out of you, but um, that can get the reading of bone mass to fat mass to muscle mass. And that is the actual only fucking way to get a true risk of high, medium, or low weight to height to waist ratio, waist measurement, BMI, all that is never ever a true measurement. And it's, it's more, it's more falsifiable and it's, it will always lead to more false readings than the truth, uh, truthful readings. So that, Air Force is going to be back into a state of just horrible fucking PT outcomes until they get this shit right. Yeah, dude, that's for sure. Um, and, you know, and, and looking at like the eating disorders and stuff like that, like the last fucking thing that we need is for people to start fucking, you know, having eating disorders because they're trying to lose all this weight to meet this fucking, you know, requirement. And then, you know, on top of that, it's, we all know it's a force shaping tool. It has nothing to do with checking our health. It's a force shaping tool, just like it's always yeah. been, you know, you've got plenty of people who are heavier built and they can fucking do the job and they're perfectly fucking fine. Like, and a lot of them actually look fine in their uniforms too. You know, you've got people who are on profiles, right? hundred percent profile can't PT test anymore because of injuries or because of surgeries or something, you know? They can't just go and do a fucking hour of cardio every day because they fucking injured their knee or they injured their hip or they injured their back. Like, so you're going to kick out these fucking fantastic people who are sneezing their jobs just because they can't run a mile and a half. Like if you had to sprint for your life, I promise you, if anybody, no matter their weight, no matter their size, if you have to sprint for your fucking life in a war zone, you're going to fucking do it. You're going to be, you might be a little winded when you get to the bunker, but you're going to be able to do it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I've always been a proponent, and I know some people uh, might think differently, but I've always been a proponent of career-based type uh, fitness requirements. So, um, I actually agree with you. Because it, it's pretty clear, pretty fucking clear, supply. You're not going to see very many of us on the front lines. Not gonna see very many of us kicking down doors. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not I mean, now if you ever had one of those things of like, hey, I I I've been to specialized training to so that I could be, you know, specially tasked to go on convoy duty or something like that, right? So I have to maintain this fitness standard. That's one thing. You know, like you have that special code on you for something like that. You know, that, that's, that's, that's like an option you can kind of put, you know, as a specialized thing. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Kind of like, thing? like you could have like an yeah. SEI or something like that yeah, for it. Yeah. Right. But, you know, granted, I still hundred percent believe you should have some type of, um, annual health, you know, assessment, um, still assess some strength, 
assess, assess basic cardiovascular lung capacity because we want to make sure we're, we're measuring your overall health because that shouldn't matter, you know? And we shouldn't be keeping fat, lazy pieces of shit around because we do have to maintain an image. But we also don't need, like you said, that type of strenuous, crazy, like, you need to be able to do all this stuff for all these career fields. Like, FSS? No. Mm-mm. Sorry. No. You know, finance? No. Mm-mm. No. You know? So. Yeah. That's uh, that's what I like about the Space Force is the Space Force doesn't even have a PT test anymore. So they have given all of their members from from what I have last heard the and fuck read. Did you? They. Just say? Yeah, the Space Force does not have an annual PT test. So what they have done is they have provided their personnel with fitness trackers, like Garmin's. So they track their fitness that way. So they still have to work out. They do. But they don't have to take an annual PT test because all of their workouts are tracked, and then they report that data back and they see if they're you actually know where they got or not. You know where they got that idea, right? I don't know where they got that idea. Actually, that was a big, big fucking uh, like one of those spark tank ideas that was going through to replace the PT test for the Air Force. And it got a lot of fucking votes to try and was like getting a lot of big movement. But no, but had no play. It was exactly the fucking. I same wish they thing. would have fucking done it. That was it. Was yeah, exactly. I wish they would have like, done that. Exactly that. Yeah, and you know what's funny is everybody's like, "Oh man, all the shit that the Air Force couldn't do or didn't do is what the Space Force is doing." Minus beards, but they're like, "Oh, the Space Force is doing all the shit that we can't do in the Air Force," and I'm like, "Good for them." At least a branch is fucking doing it because now we have tangible fucking data that we can use. So like yeah. after a year, if the Space Force is like, hey, we're tracking all all of our folks' workouts and this is how they're doing and this is improved or whatever, then you can do that. Like I would love for somebody and, to just go into my fucking Garmin app and look at my workouts every day and be like, do, yeah. does she need to PT test? No. And it makes sense. Now, think about it. Space Force, very tiny still. So yes. it's not huge investments. It's not huge mm -hmm. costs. So I totally yep. get it. I may not like it if I was still an airman, you know, like you motherfuckers, but I get right. it. So they're the test dummies because, yeah. you know, they don't have their moon mm -hmm. base yet. So let them, let them be yeah, the test dummies for all the shit. Yeah. But, it, it, you know, they, they keep talking about the Air Force of 2030 and the force of 2030 and stuff. And I'm like, you guys need to look at this shit. If we're going to move forward and propel forward, do you really think that in fucking the year 2040, people are going to be worried about running a mile and a half around a track and doing a couple push-ups and some sit-ups? Mm -mm. Like, no. We are looking at conflict with fucking near-peer aggressors. That The fucking mile and a half PT test is, you know, not going to be it. Like, that's not what's going to win us the war. Bro, like, yes, 20, you need to be fit. In 2040, when the aliens are here, we're going to be I'm all saying. united. <laughs> no, I'm just... <laughs> I'm going to be like, can you please take me with you? Like, okay, right. thanks. Bye. You know, like that little cat in the meme, like driving away, like get me off fucking planet earth. I'll be retired by then. So Godspeed, my friends. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's the things that we have to think about. We need to, we need to get into the fucking future with some of this stuff. And the air force has, we have done a lot of innovation in the air force and we've 
we've made a lot of strides. Um, we've gone backwards on some things, but you know, we've done a lot to move forward, but fitness needs to be one of them as well, because the, the lay of the land is changing. How fitness is looked at is changing. Um, you know, I get that assessed is how health is assessed is yeah, that, that needs a major overhaul. Um, because we can't keep using, you know, fucking 1950s, 1960s type checks to fucking figure out if someone's healthy. Look at the, just like you were saying, dude, look at the amount of mental health issues we have in this country. Like Mm -hmm. that's a pillar of health, you know, and mental health leads to physical health. So if mentally you're depressed or you're going through PTSD, which is another thing I read in these articles, people with PTSD are more apt to have an eating disorder because Mm -hmm. what is an eating disorder? It's a way to control, um, going on a diet is a way to control your body. It's a way for you to feel in control and in routine when Mm -hmm. everything else in your life feels out of control. So if you can, if you, if you can come into a place where you're at peace with the other stuff that's going on in your life, then food is just a thing that's there. Like go have a fucking donut and enjoy that fucking donut. And what's, what's even, so it's like, it's, it's one of your classic paradoxes, you know? Yeah. You're so depressed. You're so upset. And you have no control over your thoughts, your mind, and what ha- and what the battle you have inside. So you go to food, and then your body starts to deteriorate, and all the health, and you know that you can't eat that way anymore. So you need to get more physical, but you don't have the energy because of the food. And then the battle in your head, and you're just going in that big paradox of back and forth, and you know that you have to clash those together and one has to one has to give and you and you're just stuck in that cycle and all of a sudden you don't either don't know if you can break one or unfortunately that's where the big big fight and struggle that could possibly make you lose that battle that we hate yeah dude it's it's insane like cuz you know looking back at like the shit that I went through when I was in my early 20s and you know, like when I was sitting there at Bagram and, and fucking just eating as much as I fucking could when I could, it's, it was that depression, right? Like Mm -hmm. I was so fucking depressed. I was like, well, I don't want to deal with the shit that's going on in my head. So I'll just try to control how I look, try to control, you know, what I do in the gym and and try to hit these big heavy lifts. And, you know, I might gain some weight and now, oh shit, I can't gain any weight. Like blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like get bigger pants, you know? get bigger pants. And I, and I get it, you know, especially in the military, right? Because you get a clothing allowance every year, but that only covers so much. And you don't want to have to go out and buy brand new uniforms because you just suddenly have brand new uniforms. It's the same. Yeah. Right. Beer money. Allowance. <laughs> I actually used my clothing allowance for clothing for the first time in, in many moons this year. Did that Very one, proud of myself. Did that that. One year and one year only. <laughs> one year only <laughs> out of 13. <laughs> I, and I did it. I did it when I was in Lake Anita, cause I, I did it and I bought one of the very like nice crisp OCPs and I got them tailored, Yeah, you know, oh, okay. that, was, that was literally the only out of all 13 years, you know, not including blues, of course, but the only uniform that I bought and got like tailored to me to look nice. Hell yeah, dude. I've, um, so I, I wear the, the summer weight top, right? I don't wear the women's one cause I don't like the way that it's cut. It just, it doesn't fit my body. Um, 
So I get the men's top, but the sleeves are like, you know, cause I, I like to wear like the wizard sleeves and I, I cuff my sleeves or whatever, but the sleeves were like fucking huge, like hanging off of me. Like they for real looked like some Harry Potter shit. And I was like, nah, I got to get this tailored. So I get yeah. the sleeves taken in. Um, and then I had a pair of the medium pants. Cause like I'm in between like a small and a medium. I'm like legit a schmedium, um, more on more weighing towards a medium size, but I had to get them taken in. Cause they were, they went from like super fucking small to huge and i was like is there an in-between size and then finally they had the women's sizes come out and i can fit in those but i had to get those tailored too um it's funny because you're talking about blues so i uh i finally like my basic training oh when i came back from my first deployment i had my basic training blues coat tailored to me right because i didn't have much of a figure because i was skinny well i ended up outgrowing that and uh i ended up giving it to uh somebody in the guard who needed an extra blues coat because it fit her right but I ended up buying a couple of um, blues coats, which they're very expensive, by the way. So I have two. I have one that fits me when I'm feeling good on a good day. And then another one when I'm not feeling so good on another day. And I'm like, okay, this is this works, right? Like I have two blues coats. Um, if I'm feeling a certain type of way that day, I can wear this one. If I'm feeling this kind of way, I can wear this one. And they both fit me, right? And I do that with my pants too. Um, because women, we get bloated, as, right? As if you're, we have, if you're like we talked thick, about, the monthly feeling, cycle. If you're feeling thick or if you're Yeah, you know, whichever day it is, right? So I have a couple different pairs of pants because I want to be comfortable because the blues are already not fucking comfortable. So <sighs> if you are out there, ladies, and you're like, oh, fuck, I can't fit in my blues today. Maybe next week, like, just get an extra set of pants. I know it's expensive. But I promise it's worth it to have a couple different uniforms because you just don't know how you're going to feel that day. And a lot of times you can't control when you're either going to have a blues inspection or you're going to go to PME and you need to wear your blues and maybe you're just not feeling good. And same for the guys too. Like guys, your weight's going to fluctuate. You know, everybody's weight's going to fluctuate. Like I, I go between like a certain weight, like I'll be somewhere between like a 10 pound range, you know, any time of the year, it, just, it is what it is. So I have clothes that fit me during that time i have uniforms that fit me i know if i'm feeling a certain type of way one day i'll put a different set of ocps on because i'm like all right i'm just more comfortable yeah um summer weight doesn't mean just you know the thickness of the uniform it means the size of the uniform <laughs> <laughs> hey they're comfortable in the winter time though they're very yeah. comfortable um <laughs> man those things are like pajamas i love those uniforms yeah but yeah so so my the big thing that i want to hit home with this episode uh before we wrap up is one, if you guys are struggling, if you think that you're struggling, um, please reach out like legit. You can reach out to me, um, DM me, you know, send us a Facebook message, whatever. Like I, I promise I will try to help you. I am not licensed to say anything, but I will lend an ear and I will point you to resources that can help you. Um, there's a lot of really great legitimate Instagram accounts that are out there that I follow. I can send you their way. Um, there's a lot of great people out there who are, uh, recovered bodybuilders, as they like to say, retired, recovered bodybuilders, um, who are just learning to live a normal life. Um, and there's people who have gone through a lot of these eating disorders and they want to share their story and help other people. And if, um, if, you know, you're, you're worried about, you know, maybe gaining a little bit of weight cause maybe you were super skinny and you're like, oh, I just, I don't want to do this anymore. I need to eat like a normal human being. Like it's okay. It's okay to gain some weight guys and gals. It's okay. Like you're going to be just fine. If you're staying in shape in the way that you need to for your military career, 
you're going to be fine. Um, don't be afraid to get a little thick with two C's because, uh, you know, dad bods are in and, uh, like Rusty said, thick thighs save lives. So I, uh, I hope that me sharing my story helps someone out there who may be going through the same thing. Well, you heard it from her. Um, she's hungry, sliding to her DMs and she's single. So, <laughs> and I'm um, spading up to date on all my shots. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I hope uh, I hope you learned, and because I did, like I said, I knew nothing about really what was coming on, and you know, it was important to her, so therefore, it was important to me. I'm glad that I learned something. But, um, guys, website up and running. Like I said, www.tcwpodcast23.com has all of our links, has all the platforms where you can listen, and it has a application link at the very bottom of the page that you can apply to come on an episode if you have a topic you want to talk about if you have an organization you like to promote you know for veterans or whatnot please go apply uh go fill out the questionnaire and they'll send us an email and uh we'll get back to you see what we think and we'll go from there be sure you go like and follow all of our socials instagram facebook TikTok and YouTube. YouTube channel is coming along. We are still kind of in the works with everything. It will be uh live and running here very soon. Uh but you know, still go give us a follow. But if you guys have any questions, if you guys have any concerns, we are also starting kind of a rant slash praise um video uh series. Okay. So if you didn't see already on our social I posted a very uh, heartbreaking video of uh, mental health issues for some brothers uh, at a base, a couple of brothers that we unfortunately lost to the the mental health battle and one who's struggling and is getting, is, is getting failed by, you know, the system of the, of the mental health, of the, healthcare for for the force now not no nothing on the mental health facility there and nothing on the metal group there it's because it's a dod issue and i and i came on and i discussed a lot about how the dod needs to step it the fuck up then uh jess came on and posted a video uh kind of praising an awesome initiative over at the 92nd at fairchild right um where a PT organization, physical therapy, uh, embedded into the unit and was helping with uh, the maintainers uh, with strength and conditioning physical and uh, occupational therapy to make sure that they were preventative injury. And it's been going really well. So um, if you guys have any things like that, if you guys have issues, big, small, uh, force, uh, any branch, by the way, Army, Marines, Navy, who cares? I, it doesn't matter. Uh, give us a little background. Give us a little uh, insight as to why you think it's an issue and what and what's going on. Send it to us. If you have good things, same thing. Give us a little background, what's going on, why it's a great thing, and what and what is what's been coming of it. Send it to us. We'll be more than happy to make a video and post it. Uh, raise some awareness for it, both good and bad. Uh, but we really, really are grateful that you guys are sticking with us, and thank you for tuning in. 
Can't wait to bring you more content. Catch you guys later. Thanks. Bye, guys.